Good day, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Brood for Gaming podcast. I am the Caffeinated Dad, and I have to say it's the Caffeinated Dad. Apparently, when I say it too fast, it sounds like I'm saying decaffeinated, which is none of that crap that we actually put out here. Uh, today, I am actually honored to be participating in this podcast with uh, two very special guests, probably the most knowledgeable people in Guild Wars lore that I know. Uh, um, or, well, the actual people who give me the time of day. <laughs> um, so today I am joined by uh, the Lazy Sage as well as Astral Legend. Now, Lazy Sage is a Twitch streamer. I highly recommend going and checking him out. I will include his links in the podcast description. Um, he is also very active on YouTube where he does playthroughs specifically of Guild Wars 1 recently is what he's been doing. And it's, it's just a great laugh. He's also starting up a parody kind of series, which I'm very excited to see where it goes. I am also... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah, it's just a... Uh, anyone know Dragon Ball Z abridged? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's yeah. inspired by it's inspired by that, but it's about Guild Wars 2. It's like the Guild Wars 2 story, but it's inspired by Dragon Ball Z abridged. Hey, you take that Amazing. creativity. Yeah, I like that's I, as soon as I as soon as I heard some of the edits in that, I was just like this is this is fucking gold. I love it. Um <laughs> I am also joined like I mentioned by Astral Legend. Uh is very very active with the lore on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, Highly recommend just going on there. It's just at Astral Legend, spelled exactly the way it sounds. I will also include the link with that. Um, also, uh, by that same name on YouTube, looking to prep out to get some content out on his YouTube channel. So th that is something that I would highly recommend you guys keep uh, an eye on. Astral, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the YouTube is, has been a bit dead for a bit, but uh, it's, it's coming back. I have several things planned specifically for just before the launch of of end of dragons so i'm very excited to put some stuff out on youtube and i started doing some twitch stuff on saturday nights uh training raiders both in my squad and uh in chat on twitch so come watch come ask questions and feel free to uh learn a thing or two or just you know see how raids are done great stuff i if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but you also recently became a, a dad yourself i did yeah i have a nine month old and he is a blast and a joy. Uh, that's why we have to record so late because I had to wait for him to go to bed. So, uh, uh, I get yeah, he's I, fantastic. I, I get asked that question actually a little bit. Um, uh, well, actually, I say for you know, for, why do you do it so late? Like why you know, or like why do you always say that you're struggling to get content out? It's like every night I'm faced with a choice: can I actually do I actually play the game, or do I edit you know next Tuesday's video or next Monday's video? It's I get it why you're on so late. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's the reason that the YouTube stuff stopped for a while because I started doing stuff over the summer shortly after he was born. Uh, and then I went back to school and I was working two jobs and I just I had no time, no time for anything. I gotta say, I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> Wait, now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. You are a a father in a sense, but you have fur children, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if we're talking about all my fur babies that we have here, yes. Yeah, I got my. I got three dogs, a bird, two cats. My girl, my girlfriend loves animals, so we yeah. Have... I thought you were about to include your girlfriend in that. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I thought he was just continuing on with that. I was like, oh man, three dogs, a bird, two cats, <laughs> and a girl. girlfriend. girlfriend. Like, Whoa. <laughs> Roll it all together. You know what? Hey, we're oh, all she's not listening. <laughs> You're like, don't don't share this episode. Share the other ones. Um, cut so that. cut that. So I wanted to bring you guys on because specifically. We're about to cross a major threshold in Guild Wars 2, and, and I think that can't be understated. Um, now, with the history, the rich history, and I have to say that because I believe what Guild Wars 2 has been out since 2012, and I think Guild Wars, which uh, was the prequel, <laughs> prequel to this game, let's be serious, um, came out in 2006, was it? April 28th, 2005. 2005. Yeah, 2005, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I believe it just barely came out before World of Warcraft. And, and, and Or was it wow, 2000? I think, no, I think I got that wrong. I think uh, World of Warcraft was uh, 2006. Um, I mean, I was going to say, you guys can more than, more than welcome fact check me. I'm okay with that. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring this up and I wanted to get you two on here is because a lot of players might not know why the hell Kantha is so damn important. Uh, um, I mean, 
given a lot of the other lore and everything else that goes with Guild Wars 2, like, if you're just the average player, you're most of the time just focused on, like, the mechanics of the game, like, and, and kind of understanding the story, the living worlds kind of hold your hand through what you're doing, but there isn't the significance, I feel like, isn't there with the main story. You have to dig deeper for it, and that's where I think you guys would be fantastic to to pick your brains for this because this is a massive, massive engagement that we're about to head towards, and everyone's just kind of like, ooh, I get a boat. <laughs> well, the boats are pretty exciting, especially now that we know that the Jade bots can make your boat go faster. You do, yeah, the Jade bot. Oh, yeah, I, that I came out today. So cute. Yeah, the Jade Bot is like if we get to choose the order of which masters we're training, like we do in Hearthstone's Path. Well, not really in Path of Fire, because Path of Fire we had to do Raptor, and then one of the two Springers, Skimmer, then Jackal. Yeah, but in Heart of Thorns, you got to choose. I mean, you had to do Gliding first, and then like Bouncing Mushrooms. But beyond that, yeah, you, you your, it was it was your, pretty your order, you know, take your point. Yeah, so um, I'll ask each yeah, of you. I'll ask each of you, and 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 Sage, I'll go ahead and start with you. Alrighty. Why? Why is Cantha so important in your own words? Why do you think Cantha is so important? Um, well, I am a weeb, so I absolutely love the fact. I love the the world of Cantha, but why is it so important? It really up to this point, back when at this point when Cantha came out and Factions was released, uh, Guild Wars was still very little, very young, and I feel like Factions really helped flush out the world and really started to give Guild Wars a big like oh this world has lots of stuff going on that we don't get to see and a lot of stuff that the world becomes more rich with basically another continent full of its own type of lore and things that don't really seem to exist anywhere else in the game that we've been to at least um it's just a very unique setting that is that really i think opened the the gates of lore possibilities in the franchise itself um, you were saying earlier how it seems like a lot of uh, regular casual players, you, you just go through the story or whatever, and you don't really pay attention to like the lore and stuff, and that's kind of hidden. And I feel like that's actually kind of the same in Guild Wars 1 as well. Like, if you just played Guild Wars 1 and you just did the plot, the main storyline, you didn't do any side quests or anything, you, you, would, you would miss out on a lot of that stuff. And I think that still ex sort of exists in Guild Wars 2. Like, in Guild Wars 2, you got to do, like, those little side events if you actually want to flush out the world. So I'm I'm excited to see when we actually get to Cantha, all the little quests, not quests, but like the events that they do to really like flush things out. I don't know. I, I Cantha was just my type of place. I don't know. I love the the Asian aesthetic, the East Asian, like just the the, the mute. It's just I don't know. I could just I'm just gushing at this point, but. And, um, and and I feel like a lot of people share that same kind of like sentiment. They 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 share that like excitement for new because uh, i believe we're on what four years since path of fire was released and then i think like yeah it's two oof. years or three years on uh living world season four and then ice brew came out like what uh 2020 was that 2020 or is that uh, 2019 ice brew started in august 2019 i believe was when the announcement went out and then september is when the the prologue started and it ended like may 2021 or april 2021 um, so, so it lasted a long time, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had new content. I kind of want to build on what you were saying earlier about people may not you know understand why Cantha is so important, and I I completely agree with that. And I think it's interesting that we haven't we we don't know why we're going to Cantha still. Yeah. We know that at the end of Icebrood Saga, you know, we fought Jormag and Primordus at the same time. Spoiler alert! Uh, if you haven't played it by now, it's been almost a year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they've had time. <laughs> right. So. We fight them both. They both die at the same time. Now, typically what happens here is Orin absorbs the magic because she is not just the crystal dragon, but the prism dragon. So she can filter all of the different types of magic through her, which is why, you know, she's okay to absorb everything else when everybody else kind of goes crazy if they absorb that much. Well, Orin didn't get to absorb Primordus and Jormag magic. She got a little bit of it, but a lot of it just disappeared. And we have no idea where it went. And that was the end. We... When the trailer came out like a week or two ago about, you know, us going to Cantha and Kazmir being our ambassador and the nation of Cantha is the strongest nation on Tyria, we still have no idea why we're there. We don't know. We know the Aetherblades are going. Maybe that's why. Maybe we're just chasing them. I, it, it's like a combination of 
of the magic went. All we know, apparently, there's one where Timey says that like what energy went south. So it's like yeah. a combination of knowing that we need to go south. Maybe we find something with the Aether Blades going south, and maybe I guess maybe the Queen sends us on a mission. Because the way Casimir talks in the trailer sort of sounds like we have a mission from the Queen to go speak to their empress almost Which yeah almost sense. like we've we've had like a royal decree that we need to go and go and, there yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, well I it's interesting because she does say like queen's eyes only so it sounds like she's there like and to scope she, things out a little bit and we just um, go with her maybe yeah i don't know if we're, we necessarily uh even go with her at that point maybe we show up later because the queen lets us know hey casimir found something something and it, maybe like it makes a little back. bit of yeah it makes a little bit of sense for the queen to be sending a mission to kantha because uh, for those who don't know, Kantha used to be a very rich uh, area in cultures and different. It was just a big like melting pot kind of thing of different people. You saw a lot of humans. You saw some Tengu. There were several other races there. But uh, a few hundred years ago, after the the story of factions ended, they uh, they closed their borders. the The new emperor that came in kicked every race out that isn't human and shut the walls. He was like, "Nope, we're done. This is a human nation. We're incredibly racist. Get out." Uh, uh, and, aside yeah. from the few Tengu who ended up in the trailer, cough, cough. <clears throat> there were a handful, yeah, that they said <laughs> yeah. uh, managed to hide out, which makes sense because there are a lot of hidden areas within Kanta. It's a big continent. I mean, the way I like to describe it, if you're looking at the, the planet of Tyria, you can almost in some ways match it up to planet Earth. Tyria is like Europe. Ilona is kind of like Africa or maybe India kind of thing, um, that area. But Kanta is like Australia. It's its own landmass south of everything <laughs> else. It's its own big continent. <laughs> uh everything wants to kill you <laughs> i was gonna, I was gonna say that, that that's that's really what it is it's like everything has like health bars above its head and, and they're trying to kill you you know like that's Absolutely. that's australia so much <laughs> so it's it's interesting to see that but it, i think it makes sense that the queen's queen sent people over there because they were human locked for so long and i think this new empress is a little bit more lenient and i think she's letting us in um but we'll have to wait and see how exactly that works like why we get to go and why they're opening up a little bit now i have a feeling yeah, that they sure. may build off and this is a bit of speculation is that upon this kind of like we'll say connection um that we're meeting this new empress is that it, it with most expansions let me put it this way historically in mmos there's been this like we don't really want you to be here but we need your help and i feel like we're gonna go there and the empress is going to be like listen there's a lot of shitty things that are about to happen and we need your help and and you know we need you to explain this and perhaps and i'm just again speculation obviously after ice brood saga the two dragons which again killing each other it's like it if you guys could get over your like pity party and, and fist fight like you guys could like easily wipe out everyone interior if you guys just join teams i don't i don't know um <laughs> this is just my True. take on it but <laughs> with all of this energy heading south um and and it's literally what we do, we know is that it is causing some type of either spike or some type of like new enemy we'll say starting to appear maybe something is happening with their their jade tech and it is starting. Some of the J Tech is starting to turn on them. Or it, it, in the trailer, it does say that they don't trust us, and we're trying to make them trust us. So maybe we, by everything that happened at the end of Dragonstorm, maybe that did something to them, and now they're kind of weary of us. Yeah, the trailer does say that it doesn't like if they do not trust us. Well, I'll also mention there that not only did, you know, we kill those two, right? We killed Primaris and Jormag, and now all this energy flew south. Assuming it hit Kantha, it probably did something to them. Number two, they had, when Zaitan rose, a massive tidal wave hit. I'm sure him dying had effects. Mordramoth, Kralkatorik, even Balthazar, I'm sure. Like, all of these things would have hit, like, that energy would have exploded and, like, flown likely south. If the tidal wave can get that far south, I'm sure that this magic can. And these, in theory, these ley lines that... Uh, a lot of the magic run-along are around the planet, so they should reach down in Kantha. Yeah. yeah, so that they should feel something there. Um, but that said, we still have Dragon 6. Yep. We Dragon 6 is still, I mean, with End of Dragons, we better be getting Dragon number 6. <laughs> some, some call him Bubbles, some call him Steve. And what, about, his name. what about Mother? <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Mother. What, <laughs> what was that? What was that, like? Just I know. <laughs> 
like cliffhanger like is that gonna be like the follow-up after the like that's the living season after that'd be really interesting but the way the way that that was said so for those who don't know at the end of season four we fight krakatoric as he's dying he says mother that's it just one trail off word like mother dot 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 his last dying no idea yeah like his last word is like mother so maybe he he's you know, maybe they're all related somehow. We're told that Jormag and Primordus are twins. So maybe they all have the same parent dragon that is now dead. And maybe Krakothark is going to the dragon afterlife in the mists and gets to see his mother. I have no idea. That's such a like mind blow. Loose can of worms. Yeah. Who knows what that could be? It's definitely, I definitely feel like it was future proofing. Mm -hmm. I feel that they're definitely like, Mm. let's plant some seeds. So we have some plot threads for the future. And and even like. if they they don't have the entire idea, it with it being so openly vague, let's be serious. Yeah, like it, yeah, it can be yeah. physically, truly, it can be like not like mother in a literal sense, but in like a physic, you know. Um, well, I mean, if we know that there's, uh, for those of you who don't know, again, Bubble Steve's whatever the 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 name of uh, dragon. Yeah, bezel bub. It begins with S, and um, uh, but I mean that that could also make sense too. If we're thinking about Krakatoric, Krakatoric being the crystal dragon, then you have the basically the prismatic dragon all along the lines of Glint and Vlast, and all up and down that line. If he is calling to his literal mother, what 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 is the the big thing about Cantha? What is what is the, what happened to their sea? <laughs> empire. They are the Empire of the Dragon. Uh, well, oh. empi- Empire of the Dragon, but I was Jade. Like the Jade Sea. Like we're talking about. Oh, like a crystal. Jade Crystal? Yeah, a crystal so type be... formation. That's kind of where uh, I think most people's heads would be. So that's that's an interesting thought. The weird thing about the Jade Sea is it was called the Jade Sea before, before it was actual it was Jade. jade. Hmm. It was a sea, and the water, I believe it was some sort of algae or something that made it look green, and it was like jade green, so they called it the Jade Sea. Well, when and Shiro, Shiro had a, died. Shiro had a sense of humor, so when he died. Exactly. So when Shiro died, uh, for those who don't know Shiro, he is currently in Guild Wars 2 as a legend that the Revenants can channel. Um, Revenant class, you know, pulls up characters from history and invokes their abilities. It's interesting because you can talk to the legends if you stand still for long enough as a revenant. Uh, whatever legend you are currently attuning will chat with you. Um, and he's but, been, yeah, he specifically a, he, sorry. I'm just saying he specifically asks what has come of his homeland. That's what Shiro asks the mm-hmm. revenant. He's like, "What has happened to my people in Cantha?" Well, <laughs> funny you should mention that. <laughs> I don't know if it's just on Silvari, which is what I play on my revenant, but that line is bugged for me. So. <laughs> He'll ask if yeah. you AFK for long enough, like, what has become of the Empire in my absence? And your character yeah. will go, ha it certainly has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he just chuckles and it's like, it certainly has. I'm like, that, okay. That has, that has the exact same feeling as, like, when a waiter comes up and is like, would you, like, coffee or tea? And you're like, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Same, same vibe. Same vibe. Like, the actual line that your character is supposed to say shows up in the chat box, so you can read it, but I don't remember what it is, because it's always so funny whenever my character is <laughs> like, ha it certainly has. I think your character flat out says the movement of the world. He basically says, like, uh, they've been isolationists for something, and we haven't heard from them since, or something like that. They say, they, they closed all borders, and we haven't talked to them in a hundred years. I think I saw something yeah. along that, yeah. Yeah, so, so well, Shiro, though, um, he was the villain in Guild Wars Factions in the original campaign that took place in Cantha. He was the big bad. He actually died before the game started. Like, uh, it was, I, I did a lore post on Twitter about this. It was, like, over 100 years before the actual campaign started. Shiro's <laughs> killed when the he best trailer. died. Yeah, yes, that trailer's so good. When Shiro dies, he had so much magic inside him that he exploded, and that magic sent out a shockwave that both uh, turned the... Echovald Forest into stone and the Jade Sea into literal jade. Um, so it wasn't always the Jade Crystal. The Petrified Forest. Right. It's, yeah. yeah, it's still called the Echovald Forest, but it is turned to stone. Um, and we're going to see, I think, glimpses of that within uh, End of Dragons because we're getting to go to the Echovald Forest. But I think a lot of it by now, the magic in theory should have worn off. Um, and we'll. We'll see some stuff growing again in the Echovald Forest, which will be interesting because in the first game it was entirely stone. There well, was the, there was nothing living. There was a there was one area called Melandru's Hope, 
where things did start to turn green in the Ackerveld Forest. True. That's, That's yep, the, I forgot about oh, that area. There's only one place though, but that yeah. So it, in Guild War, even in Guild Wars One, it showed signs of both the Jade and the Ackerveld Forest slowly turning back to normal. Granted, Which, very, very slow, very, very slowly. Yeah, well, it's implied. So there, there was also an expansion pack that came out um, after Beyond. Guild Wars 1 finished. Yeah, Guild Wars Beyond is what they called it. Um, and they had a campaign called Winds of Change, which is a set of like 10 or 12 missions, whatever it is. Uh, and in it, you explore Cantha like eight years later, eight years after you finished the campaign. So at this point, Shiro's Shockwave went out, you know, 110 years ago. And the magic is starting to wear off. Things are the, the sea is starting to turn back to liquid. The forest is starting to grow again a little bit. So in theory, by now, in Guild Wars 2, which is 250 years after... Well, actually, the start of Guild Wars 2 is 250 years after the end of yeah, so the now, first game. So it's been about 260 now since we're about 10 years in. Um, so in theory now, a lot of it should be melted. But what we're seeing in the trailers doesn't show that. It shows a lot of the forest has turned back into you know, plants and, and life, but the sea somehow seems to still be just jade, like, blocks. And I'm not sure what the explanation is there. Maybe the magic from the dragons has I was turned it say, back. I was going to say, there's probably some type of correlation or connection, we'll say, with uh, this last dragon, with the, again, this last dragon being suggested as, like, an underwater dragon, a sea dragon of some sort. Yeah, the, so bringing up the sea dragon is he's another interesting he she uh, who knows uh, the, it. the other dragon is really yeah it is another interesting point because we know very 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 little about this dragon. There has been uh, prior to the end of dragons uh, stuff. There's about three images that we have entirely. Two of which are concept art. One of which is a very vague like is that the water dragon from a cutscene in the game. Uh, where we see the Eternal Alchemy, which is the Asurans, like, it's like the Force from Star Wars. Like, it just kind of runs for everything. The Eternal <laughs> Alchemy. If you can see the Eternal Alchemy, you can see everything, is it's what the they code. said. It's the yeah, code. It's the code. Yeah, it's the code. So <laughs> we get to see a, a cutscene of us viewing the Eternal Alchemy, and there's one shot that on the wiki they claim is the Underwater Dragon. I don't believe it. So <laughs> there's very, very few images of him. We know very little. We don't know his name. That was basically scratched from history. But we do know that it is living in the unending ocean. And if you look at the Guild Wars 2 in-game map, uh, in the bottom left corner, you zoom all the way out, scroll down to the bottom left, there's a massive area that is just water. They call it the unending ocean because that ocean uh, never fully breaks. Like, it's not like, you know, there's uh, on planet Earth, there's the Atlantic and the Pacific, and they have, like, a weird place where they meet, but they don't actually, like, cross. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um here, it's all one giant ocean, and we know that the dragon is somewhere in there, but that ocean is so big, we have no clue where he could be. Uh, we do know that he's forced the crate and the quaggins up from deep sea, even the Largos, to some extent, yep. have come up from deep sea, um, because the, the water dragon is terrorizing them under there, but we don't know much beyond that, so I don't know how they're going to introduce him, like, how they're going to bring it into play. Maybe the, the tidal wave from Zaitan's rising caused, you know, that flood and... Pissed him off. Let the dragon in. <laughs> yeah, maybe it just pissed him off. Maybe he yeah. didn't even feel it. Who knows? We know nothing about this dragon, and I'm very excited to learn more. Uh, this, is probably, this is definitely, like, the most blind we've been when it comes to, like, dealing with a dragon, I think, right? You don't, I mean, think you don't even know in general. Me. Yeah, I no, haven't heard anything really, and like, and again, I I I want to reemphasize that like the way that we're looking at this is, of course, as like again, and and I'll say that I I myself am not like the the most attentive to lore. I pay attention to it when I can, but like a lot of the times, uh, I'm just I have a half hour and I'm pressing spacebar to get through all the dialogue options so that I can get on to the next thing. Like I like I I'm trying to streamline it. And I bring that up in that same fas uh, fashion to be like, we have all this, like, information usually on these dragons. Like, obviously, the main protagonist being Zaitan in the original story. And then we have Mordremoth, and we're moving through all these dragons. And then Kralkatork, we even knew well before even the events of the original Guild Wars uh, campaign, or the Guild Wars uh, 2 campaign, like, uh, through uh, 
uh, help me out. Uh, second book was it was it was in the expansion Eye of the North, um, actually that we first saw him because he was sleeping up in the Blood Legion homelands, which is um, yeah, we see it now. It's Grothmar Valley. Um, he was up there. He was sleeping. His he was so large that people thought he was a mountain range. His back was a mountain range because he had a bunch of spikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we knew it was Grok. So yeah. he's been around. Okay, so if you go the Krokatoric Emergence Zone, that whole area that's located in that map is where he was sleeping. When yeah, he, you know the um, the Metal Legion concert? Yeah, that, yeah, That platform takes place right above the, the well, yeah, exactly. big hole in the ground that he came out of. Well, see, and, and, and even from there, because, uh, and the reason I brought it up is because I actually did not know that. You see, there's a nice little fact that I, I just learned. <laughs> I only knew it because I read, uh, read um, uh, the second book, and it is, its name escapes me. Um uh, it wasn't Sea of Sorrows, was it? No, Sea of Sorrows yeah, it was. was three. It was, okay. It, it, it was Ghost of... Well, no, wait, was it... Ghost, no, of, it was Ascalon. Ghost of Ascalon, then in uh, Destiny's Edge. Destiny's Edge, there we go. Well, and mm, we find out, right. like, uh, the whole reason, well, uh, of course, why Glint died, um, which is, you know, obviously very sad, and we don't understand why Snaff died, and why... I'm sorry, but I, someone has to say it. Logan is a simp. Yeah, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Made a Max uh not but, to not to tangent too hard there is a fan theory that queen jenna was mind controlling him and forced him to come back uh, yeah I've heard, I've heard i don't that. yeah i don't know how like realistic that is she is a very like very powerful mesmer uh, if you watch like season yeah, I, three she creates a massive feedback bubble around the entirety of divinity's reach yeah. but i don't doubt she could yeah agreed yeah i don't agreed. i'm not saying she did but i don't doubt that she could <laughs> so it, it, it. you you put up a great point astral and and I want to keep this uh, uh, focus around, we'll say, Cantha and End of Dragons. So I apologize on that. I am, like, the king of tangents. I will just go off and start talking about <laughs> no, something random. And then it's fine. it's 2.30 in the morning. We're talking about black espresso beans. Um, so I, I took a nap before this. I'm freaking ready to go. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the running, only thing I have to do is put on my lore post before midnight. So I am, I, I am running on fumes uh, by this point. Um, my middle child, it's not even the baby. I have, I have a three-month-old. A middle child who was two has been notorious this entire week, waking up at like four forty-five, five a.m. and not wanting to go back to bed. So I'm a little bit tired, but I'm like, you know what? I told him I'd be there. We're just gonna drink a load of coffee anyway. Um, so so you guys kind of gave us a a a wonderful picture of why we're going to Cantha, or or potentially some reasons why we're going there. You gave us the history of why this area is specifically. We'll say important. Um, we even got to talk about the uh, the potential of dragon, obviously, with a name like End of Dragons. Uh, you know, it, it also kind of bears the question, which is just a, a a loose end. We'll say is like when it says End of Dragons, does that also mean Orin has to go? Like, you know, what happens? Um, well, I want to touch on that because it's not just Orin. The you know, Cantha is the empire of the dragon. They have their own dragons that aren't aren't related at all to the elders. Like, the six Elder Dragons are Tyria's problem, for the most part. Uh, well, okay. Tyria is the name of the planet, the oh, yeah. name of the continent we're on, and the name of the supercontinent that Tyria and Alona are attached to, so that's a whole thing. But... Me? The, the planet? Me? Or details. My details. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the planet? My son? Or the, my son's son? Like, <laughs> so, Don't talk to any of them. <laughs> Kanta has its own dragons. Like, we see in the, the initial teaser trailer, we saw Kunavang, and Kunavang was a big part of the first... Uh, the first campaign, their fact, or I'm sorry, not first campaign, first games, Cantha campaign, factions. Um, and she is this really cool, what's called a salt spray dragon, which are dragons from the Jade Sea. Um, and she holds a lot of celestial power, which is a power we don't get to see in Tyria. It's, it's a Canthan thing alone. So I'm hoping that we'll get to tap into the celestials, not just because it's similar to Astral, but I. I want a Wayno Su. Let's Wayno Su. Let's Wayno Su. Uh, Wenosu translates to closer to the stars, and it's basically Cantha's version of Ascension. Uh, and I would love to love to see that come into play. Lot, lots of Please. lots of potential with this expansion is what I'm hearing. That, that that's yes. the feeling I'm getting from this. Okay, I do think that it it opens up a lot of different avenues. And I and I will say one thing that I've seen from not only the trailers, but then even like the uh new elite specs that we're going to be getting and all this wonderful things that we've been shown thus far 
Um, it does seem like ArenaNet is really going outside of their bubble with this. It does seem like they are actually like trying to create this brand new experience. Now, granted, I think they really hit it on the head when they had, um, uh, what's it, Path of Fire, and then they went ahead and gave us all the mounts, and they gave us that diverse amount of mounts and all these cool little features because they are unique and they are useful when they need to be. But with, like, the Jade Bots, now we have, we brought in new fishing. We have, like, all these cool little things that happened in the trailer as far as, like, even, like, sliding down the... <laughs> I had to make that into a Tony Hawk meme, but sliding down and traveling <laughs> yeah, in the lines. city. Yeah, like, I mean, that's yeah. that seems really cool. And it seems like ArenaNet is really trying with this. Now, I suppose what I, I do want to ask, and I want to see what you guys think could happen again this is a bit of speculation so you know we'll say not spoiler alert what's it um this could be completely false don't actually believe this theory crafting theory crafting mm -hmm. so saying that we go there and our thoughts are true that the empress wants us to help they want us to come there and and help them fight off enemy x for this example i don't know if, we're, if they'll give us that last dragon right off the gate what do you think will happen after so say that we go there say that we're successful we fight off said dragon where do you think this could potentially leave the guild wars 2 game the franchise if we have eliminated thus far the main threat <laughs> of dragons um, me personally this is what i would like to see at the end of Path of Fire, when you defeated Balthazar, he curses every god except Lyssa. And we know from previously in this in the story that he used Lyssa's mirror to hide himself, to be, look like Lazarus during the story. So honestly, I'm curious to see... We need to figure out that mystery. I, I wouldn't be too surprised if we go to Zoteca. Uh, I think going to Zoteca would be super cool. And Is that how you pronounce that? I, I've honestly like never heard anyone pronounce it. It's just been in writing. Yeah, that's how how I hear other people read it. So that's how okay. I, yeah, Zoteca. Okay, so They're for us, the... for us complete noobs who are like, I like honestly, I feel like I have like, you know, a finger up my nose listening to you all talk about this. <laughs> um, that so, could so... also because I have a finger up. I got to stop that. Um, go ahead. <laughs> uh, before uh, ArenaNet decided to work on Guild Wars Two and make uh, Eye of the North, they were planning a fourth expansion following Nightfall which they were going to call Zo um, Zoteca, which was basically... Well, actually, the game was going to be called Utopia, sorry. Yes. The, lo yeah. the, lo the location would be Zoteca. But it was supposed to be a, a like an island or a land in the, in the mists where like it was like the god... wasn't like the god's home. It's like where the gods resided. It, it was a place in the mists. I think we got to see in, in theory... So, yeah, we heard a little bit about it, and then they decided to scrap it. They decided to go with Eye of the North and then Guild Wars 2 eventually later. Um... But uh, a couple of years ago, I don't remember how many, but a couple of years ago, we got to see an art book come out that was like ArenaNet's 20th anniversary, and they had a lot of new concept art from that uh, <laughs> that would be expansion for Guild Wars 1. Yeah. Um, they, they added lore to it. They did. They added a lot. And I believe we got to see some of the god areas, but I don't think that that was the primary location. A lot of it seemed to be based on like Mayan uh, yeah. cultures is, is what it appeared to be to me. Yeah, um, a lot of ziggurats and, and stuff. Yeah, like I feel like the the le the legendary scepter from Gen Two Zuquatl, uh is probably inspired by, by, by that. Win. I um, believe that. Yeah, one other uh, fun fact about that. Not to tangent too hard again, but uh, every Skirt! new campaign, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Every new campaign in Guild Wars One had two new classes. Uh, so factions had the Ritualist and the Assassin, and Nightfall had the Dervish and the Paragon. We don't know what the second one would have been, but one of them. Uh, for this campaign would have been a fully fledged chronomancer. A full <laughs> full on chronomancer. Not an elite spec for a mesmer, but its own separate class with all of its own abilities, which would have been really cool to see, I think. Oh yeah, that would have been dope. But so, yeah. So the reason why I think like this would be a fitting place for this franchise to go is one, we've already been jumping through the mists and the whole point of the Aether Blades that they've been hiding in the mists and then they're jumping through the mists and all this stuff. So we already, we're making mists travel more and more of commonplace. And I believe since we still have a mystery of one of the gods left, the whole Lyssa mystery, and the fact that they deliberately went and added more lore 
to Utopia in the art book makes me think like it's at least on the table, the very, very big table that they leave everything on. It's at least on that table. Mother! Yeah, I could see that. And there's there's just so many loose threads to, to follow after Kantha is done. There have been so many tiny little things that could become their own full-fledged expansion, honestly. Like, the biggest one for me that I would like to see, I think, is the, the other Silvari tree. Now, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Play, yeah. If you play through as a Silvari from your, you know, you create your character and you play through up to like level 30, that is your Silvari story. After level 30, it becomes, you know, the your order story, whether you order, whisper, uh, order whispers or priory, whatever. But during that 30 levels, you meet a Silvari that's not from the pale tree. Like Silvari aren't born, they grow from a tree. And this one is not from ours. And he's the only one we've ever met. And in theory, his tree was west in the Maguma jungle. It was, was originally planned for Heart of Thorns, and they scrapped it at some point, which is really upsetting. But I would love to see them bring it back, and for us to find out what these other Silvaria like, where they came from. Like, because I mean, the original seeds for the Pale Tree are from Mordremoth, so do they have Mordremoth influence? Did they all become corrupted? What happened when Mordremoth died? Are they free will like we are? I wanted, I was hoping so bad that the wardens of Cantha would somehow be connected to the Silvari. That'd with, Urg- be cool. with ergots being a, a tree spirit thing as well, like they could have typed, they could have typed, the, they could have done it. Like the connections were there where they could have done something if they want. It looks like they're not going that way, and Probably maybe not. And maybe because it was too, maybe too too easy of a shot, so they didn't do it. But I don't know. I I would have loved that. I felt like that would have been great, like way to re like retcon things in a way that doesn't destroy anything. Uh, it would have been interesting. I, uh, I need to read about the Wardens a little bit more because I'm not 100% familiar with all of their lore. I know that the Juggernauts are kind of similar. They're big plant-based creatures, but the Juggernauts are done by the Kurzik. So yeah. uh, going back to Kantha, for those who don't know. Yeah, maybe. But for those who don't know, in Kantha, uh, in the first game, there were two factions, which is why it was called factions. Uh, the Kurziks and the Luxons. And the Kurziks and the Luxons Luxon were always represent. at war with each other. Luxons. Uh, the Luxons yeah, yeah, yeah. lived on the Jade Sea. You, wait, you're Luxon? I was oh, Luxon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Luxons for Luxons! Yeah! Woo, woo, woo. I legitimately... Yeah. just disappeared. That, that, was, <laughs> that was the only time that I think I ever ran a guild, and I ran a guild, and it was the Jade Sea Guardians as a warrior monk, Rook Searing Blade, and mm. I I was I was all about the Jade Sea. I was all about the Luxings. I hated the Kurziks. I remember the nickname they had. Kurdicks. <laughs> Damn it! You got to it before I could. I remember that. I was and, I, and it was it was so funny because the trash talking was. Re- I looked forward to the trash talking. I don't know why. I was like I don't know like twelve. Man, Ali- like Alliance battles was the best PvP I enjoyed. I, I is, loved alliance battles. It so was much. so good, so good. And again, not to not to go too te- uh, terribly far off the the, the, the They had the juggernauts, which were basically a sacrificed soul who volunteered for it to become like an eternal woodland protector. Thing. Basically, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty accurate. Uh, one thing I learned about them when I was doing some of my lore digging to post on Twitter was uh, that the juggernauts are immortal so long as their forever tree is still alive. Yeah um and they so yeah, get so, they keep uh, their they keep their wits yes yeah they are not they don't lose any of their yeah. brain power um it's, it's less a sacrifice of the soul and more like a sacrifice of the body mm. absolutely yeah because their soul is put into this this plant essentially into this forever tree and from the forever tree grows a juggernaut body which is these massive like 10 foot tall plant creatures Bas- uh, basically you become really tough bark basically you become Groot without the speech impediment yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to put it. Uh, as long as their forever tree is still alive, though, uh, if the juggernaut body dies, they just regrow from the forever tree. So I wonder if we're going to see some some juggernauts in this one. I don't know and if I, they're going to I think you know, they, they, they would. I would hope any, so, because they made such a big so. deal on the siege turtle. And, of course, the siege turtle being like a primarily a Luxon thing. It's like, right. I think they, they would have to hark back to the Kurziks if the Kurziks are if the Kurziks are written away from history, then I say all the better for the Luxons. <laughs> <laughs> See, Amazing. like we brought up, uh, uh, we brought up Luxons and Kurziks, and uh, we lost Sage. He's gone. Like he's <laughs> he's gone. Full of blood, blood loss. loss. 
I only see red. He, he took a nap. He's ready to kick ass. Like, he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rest of the day is ruined. He can't do anything. He's just got. He's got to go do PvP. So yep, you guys gave us like a, a bunch of a great threads, and I, and the reason I bring that up is because something that I've noticed from quite a few of either new players and especially the speculation and the feeling we'll say of the MMO crowd. A lot of my videos I did you know, kind of like this research and this gauging of what people thought of not only Guild Wars 2, uh, uh, but where it was going, Final Fantasy, World of Warcraft, New World, um, which, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I still have to get, I had to give that so much shit. Um, so th th it's relieving, let me put it that way, because there is a kind of sentiment, especially with the name like End of Dragons, it kind of sounds like some people might speculate that this is the end that this is the very end of the guild wars 2 train and you know it's kind of like one of those things that let's play it for the last hurrah and then it's going to be gone and i don't think it would i don't believe that it would because it has i mean hell it's been 10 years and this damn game has established itself so well in the mmo market that uh, honestly there for quite a while it was out in my opinion outperforming and out public relations um world of warcraft and that whole shit story what happened oh that that yeah. mess i i yeah. i stopped playing like three months before all that came out and i was like Woo! the name is not tied to that anymore um but the idea of it is that there was this kind of like speculation that this could be the end and i don't i agree with you guys i believe both of you have brought up e extremely valid points as far as where they can go and well, and that's what I, they, I think people should be excited about. Go ahead. If they weren't doing the Direct X 11 update, I would actually be a little spec, uh, skeptical. Like I, I would, I, you could maybe convince me that maybe it is coming towards an end. But since they're doing the Direct X 11 update and they're spending all this resource on like upping the game's core engines and stuff, uh, I I just don't see why they would stop at that point. Yeah, I mean, m more to that though. I mean, even beyond that, Ruby, who is the the community manager, has straight up said this is not the end of the game. Oh, yeah, like, I have we have that. plenty planned. Like, this is not it. And uh, Colin Johansson, the uh, head of, well, the current co-director of the game and used to be the uh, solo director of the game a long time ago, he said that he's hoping that we are still playing the metas from the End of Dragons maps for years to come. Uh, similar to, like, people are still playing the Heart of Thorns ones. Like, today, mm -hmm. I, you know, had four different full instances of Heart of Thorns in the middle of the day in a weekday. Like, there's... I'm sorry, but you, nothing can top Dragon Stand. I'm sorry, that is one hell of a <gasps> just a meta. Yeah, Dragon Stand is yeah, oh, Dragon so good. Cool. But what about Dragon Fall? Because Dragon Fall is so good. Uh, the music is so good. Dragon Dragon Fall's good too. All right, don't don't spoil no shit for me, guys. All right, this I is the end of season four. You've I, already. I know I have not. Have I I am at <gasps> the end. I am at War Eternal. I just oh, got that's, through that's this episode. That's Dragon yes. Fall. Yes, I just got on to Dragon Fall, and then it was uh twelve fifteen. Last night, or no, two nights ago, and I was like, I need to get some sleep because, of course, the the kid got up at five. All right, so no spoilers. Right. Even though it's, it's been a, out for like for four years, <laughs> like it's been out for so long. And my brother in law, yeah. who plays Guild Wars two, is like, Oh, you're gonna love it so much. He goes, Are you at this part? And I'm like, No, I haven't got there. He goes, Are you gonna love it when you get there? And it's like every time I bring <laughs> it up. Anyway. Uh, a, a different side story. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, three things. If you're playing through the story in order, the three things that you have most to look forward to are the Dragonfall meta, uh, Grothmar Valley in its entirety, and Drizzlewood Coast. I heard Drizzlewood Drizzlewood Coast was really really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard yeah. a lot of people. I, I farm Drizzlewood all the time. Like it's still just so fun to go there. And the pro the only problem with it is that if you want to play the entirety of the meta from uh, south to north, it takes probably two hours and fifteen minutes. Because it was introduced as two different episodes. At first, yeah. we got the South Meta, and the South Meta took about an hour and ten. And then they introduced North, which just tacked on another hour. So you're it's yeah, you're talking to somebody. Time. You're talking to somebody who played like uh, World of Warcraft during the classic era, like mm. vanilla era. Two out, two and some hours is nothing. Yeah, My, it, to me, I understand it's a long time for some for other people, but. I could I could run one map meta for four hours before I was like this is getting a little tedious. Uh, I, I, I I <laughs> distinctly me. remember the uh, those particular times. And again, not to go too far uh, far off of uh, the story. Before I became a father, before I met my my wife, and I you know I didn't really have anything that I needed to do. I really didn't have any prospects of going out to like a party. I went to school, I went to work, and then from like we'll say like 
6 p.m. at night to like midnight almost every single night. I had free reign to do whatever I want. So yeah, sitting down and playing video. Oh, I can still do it. Don't get me wrong. It's just I gotta pay the consequences now, and, and I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's where I'm. I'm also a much bigger fan. Let me put it this way: of Guild Wars Two is because of its horizontal progression. Is because like I can take as long as I need to to get the Griffin Mount. Will it get probably harder once Cantha is out and a lot of people are off doing that? And I don't have any help for say legendary bounties or stuff like that. You know, for the Griffin Mount, but yeah, probably. But it's still something that I can get to. It's still something that isn't like, oh, that was time sensitive. It's gone now. Right. Uh, yeah, I would almost argue, though, that the Griffin is not going to be more difficult to get once Cantha comes out. Because I have a feeling that we're going to get either a large influx of players or a large influx of players coming back to the game who don't have their Griffin and are going to want to go back and get it. So I think you'll have a good opportunity to, uh, to go and, and give, snag that with plenty of people around. Give me some hope. That's what I need. So. Yeah. To keep this, again, uh, uh, focused around End of Dragons, potential future of Guild Wars 2 and Cantha, uh, uh, like, I, again, wait, by the way, it's already been 45 minutes. Um, it goes by so quick. Goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate your guys' uh, uh, perspective and your, your just spot-on lore and just having that stuff ready because, again, I do think that it's important. One of the things that makes video games great now see this is how you tie it to kind of like the whole brood for gaming podcast Are you guys ready so there you go one of the beautiful things about video games and it's something i've covered in one of my earlier episodes is that it tells a story and and when you have a story and you have one that just captures your attention and it's something that it's it's so dramatic it's so vivid in your memory that you remember years down the line um that's special. You don't you don't find that, in my opinion, too too often in video games anymore. Um, and I mean, like uh, I, the perfect example, and it's one of the first games I ever played. It's one of the first games I ever fell in love with. Still one of the best games ever, in my opinion. Ocarina of Time. I, I'm sure that we can all agree we're all on the same page oh, with that. Good times. Yeah. Majora's Mask is better. All right. So Sage, um, you're gonna take. <laughs> Door number two, and that's going to be the exit. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have Sage. You and I are gonna have a problem afterwards because I haven't finished Majora's Mask. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> I ha I have a replica Majora's Mask that I bought because I love the game so dang much. I played awesome. a little bit of it, and it and it was fun. It was, but I, I didn't I like, own the game. I'm a big sucker for atmosphere and a big sucker for the world. Like my favorite thing in Guild Wars isn't even necessarily the story; it's the world. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really into the world of stuff. And I'm getting off topic, but I love no, the this world. Is exactly, this is exactly where I wanted to bring it up. It's because when we have something that intrinsically ties to either our personality or to uh, like a vivid memory, a happy memory, we tend to like lean on that on times that we are unhappy or times that are uncertain. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're in like year 34 of a pandemic. So it is. Wait, I, there's a pandemic wait, going yes, on? Wait, there's a, I haven't left my house. I don't need to. What happened? What? <laughs> I haven't even I haven't looked out the window. <laughs> like, you have Windows? <laughs> I'm running on Mac. <laughs> well done. Well done. I'm burying yeah. myself now. <laughs> so so it's it's interesting because one of the things that I've found a lot of solace in is storytelling and 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 really understanding a story and getting involved in it is a fantastic way to not only keep your mind sane and learn something new but it's also to break from reality and and i say that in a sense as given what's happening out there it, it's it's very important i feel that we should we should have like this little break because it can be incredibly draining if that's all we focus on yeah, now life can be exhausting exactly and i bring up legend of zelda ocarina of time and you brought up majora's mask again difference of opinions uh seed door number two but when no, we no, are no, don't get me wrong. I ad I adore and absolutely love Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time was actually the video game that made me realize that video games can be art. Exactly. And it was, and it was Ocarina of Time. So don't get me wrong. I love Ocarina of Time. I just like the little darker themes of Majora's Mask a little bit. But that's but that's, it, that's nuances. It. But it it's it, it, kind of the same thing that I'm I'm talking about. We can, I can respect that you enjoy Majora's Mask along that lines. It's the feeling that you get from that because I can remember I can re to this day 
I can recall the entire story of Ocarina of Time. I can remember where most of the freaking keys are in the Water Temple because I that was so vivid to my memory. And and I guess that's that's the reason that I wanted to bring this up on Guild Wars 2 is because Guild Wars 2 has an amazing story and they do it so well. Like the story I have to give the story department complete credit because they knock it out of the park with the story, with the character development, with the voice acting. I mean, everything I feel is like very, very good. And going to this new expansion, going into this new area, I feel that it is equally, we'll say, important to have a, a lot more information at our back because that is going to make that experience in that game that much sweeter. You know why you're there. You know who these people are. You know why this person is significant. Like, I, I feel like that type of information is... It's just absolutely critical. I really do. Yeah, I definitely. I think, yeah, uh, you first. All right. I think that one one issue that we're having with with Guild Wars Two, and I think a, a big reason why people aren't necessarily connected to these characters, because a lot of them were introduced in season one, which is oh. no longer playable. Yep. Uh, and it's it can be difficult to connect with characters when you don't know where they came from, how we met them, or or whatever. You know, there's there's a lot of missing information there. Um, I've been trying to go through season one on my Twitter for a while, uh, and I'm hopefully going to wrap it up tonight and finish off that last episode. I've been dragging it out because I haven't had the time to uh, create the gifts that I want to really land the final punch. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of disconnect I think with the characters even now as we go into EOD. I feel like you know we've grown so much with these characters between season two and now, which are all still playable. Mm -hmm. But because we don't have that content where we met them, I think a lot of players just still aren't interested um, to some extent in the story, which is so sad because the story yeah. that we've had so far is so good, and we're going into hopefully a, a fantastic story expansion. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that one of the biggest travesties this game has is the fact that it bases itself on a lot of its story content. I mean, think about it. Like they didn't they could barely show us anything in the videos when they were live streaming End of Dragons because it was all plot relevant. Plot spoilers, plot spoilers. So they are really really keen on their plot, which is fine, but then you really really should go back and get the whole thing in the game. If you're going to consider plot in story your big drive like your head engine of this tr of this train you got to put the whole thing together I, I loathe with every blood vessel in my body that season one is not in the journal in some way shape or form i understand that i played it i was there i understand that it's very different they could shrink it you could do something like rearrange it even do like a retelling but you got to get the basic story beats of season one in the game it's the fundamental honestly season one kind of more important than the personal story like all of vanilla campaign is less important than the events of season one and it's it it just annoys me that we haven't really done anything yet that they need to do something yeah i agree with that i mean we do have parts <clears throat> of it you know we have the the instance where we yeah well, all, i don't want to say where we met kanak because it's where we defeated kanak yeah, we it, met him earlier, but it's all out of order and in different different versions of gameplay. Like you got to do fractals for it. You got to do some weird instances in the eye of the north for it. Yep. Uh, you got to. It's just it's it, it's they, it just it should be in the journal and they they can make a simplified version. Like you don't have to have Scarlet attacking all the areas, or you could just do instance versions. Do a DRM, a Scarlet attack DRM. I don't know, but you could. Well I think I think what would be nice there is if you went to the story journal and you were able to just go back and replay the instances even and maybe just you know at the end of each instance cut scene some of the the open world stuff that happened because a lot of yeah. the open world stuff wasn't that important for yeah. for a lot of season one a lot of yeah. it was instance content anyway so it was yeah. in a sense that's permanent saying. that's what I'm saying like yeah okay so you don't get there was like scarlet invasions where every once in a while she'd go to a map and there'd be a bunch of mobs to kill you don't really need that. You, you could literally have an NPC just say, Scarlet's attacking, and like you could just wave that away. You don't have to be part of that. Just the, the main key points should be need to be in there. I just, I don't, it's just, it drives me insane that it, it's not. Again, but, I, I, I want to bring this uh, up know, uh, very quickly to Astral, to your Twitter thread that you have been doing, um, which, uh, first off, again, um, it, it's just really, really good. It is a fantastic way to catch up on lore. It's a fantastic Thank way you. to understand it. Yeah, um, I do love reading the lore stuff. It's pretty yeah, cool I, yeah. Every time I see it, you. like I, I, I immediately pay attention to it. I like it. I think I retweet it. If yeah. I don't, Thank you. I, I invented all of it and wrote it all myself. 
<laughs> but but a, yeah, like, you, you know those calendars that you rip and then each day it has like some other really like oh here's your word of the day or something yeah yeah, yeah it's kind of like that <laughs> my daily so, so so uh, and i do i do agree because i was not actually there for the events of guild wars one or, or guild wars one uh season one um so i didn't get to experience scarlet's war um, I didn't get to see the original Lion's arc. I didn't get to see all of that happen and transpire. So I do think that that is, I do think that it is something that I'm kind of upset, like FOMO, like I missed out. And, yeah. and, and, but being able to at least understand who these people are and where we're at, I think is at least something sage to your point that we need to have like a, a kind of like a, list we'll say from a to z of what we need to know what is important and then just give us a, a little story it doesn't have to be yeah. an entire living world season like you know where That's there's 30 missions you can retell it do a retelling like a, a shrunkated smaller retelling that gets all the key beats that you need and that's it like I'm not saying it doesn't need to be some giant thing they could even literally do just like one sixth every patch until the whole thing's in there but you just gotta get it in there because it's just it's just it's it looks bad you it's hard to get people in when it's like yeah guild wars has a great story but you, you kind of can't play it all so it's you, like, well, you gotta skip the first three started. chapters <laughs> so yeah i mean so I, because i've been writing this all up on on the twitter thread there i've gone through and i've reread like a lot of it and going back we have most of it actually like weirdly enough most of it is in the game but like you said through fractals or through random instances in either north or whatever I think all they really need to do is create a story original thing and put it in order. Because as long as you do that, like, and then yeah. add, add a few more things here and there, you know, throw in a few old events or whatever, copies of the map. You still have the dead end bar and stuff. Just throw in a few things at the dead end bar. Like, well, we used to, like yeah, not, not even just, well, actually, that'd be really cool to make the dead end bar kind of like the, the hub for it. Use uh, the stuff that exists. Scarlet's Lair still exists in the game, too. Like, you can use all these things. They still exist. Yeah, but well, you know, with that, like the the story started in uh, South Sun Cove. A lot of those events are still the same. So you could go to South Sun Cove. You could do that. Play the instances. Let let us play those instances. And then after that was Flame and Frost. We meet the Molten Alliance and we go through these dungeons. That's now a fractal. Let us do that. Next is we go back to South Sun. Add in another instance or two. One of them is already in there with Kanak, where we meet him. Right. We meet Bram and Rocks. Those are already in there through the Eye of the North. You know, we go to Dragon Bash, which is now a festival. Let us play those instances because we already have that content somewhere else. Next was Bazaar of the Four Winds, which is also a festival. Let us do that. And then Queen's Jubilee, that comes back. Uh, what are we missing here? Clockwork Chaos, that's a part of the festival now too. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Like yeah. Most of it's here. Like Most of it is in the game. It's just not in order and it's not properly laid out for everybody. All they have to do is put it in order and like let you just interact let you do that fractal but in a reduced form where you can do it as a solo instance you know mm -hmm. through the story journal yeah exactly and i do think that me personally like i've uh, got to experience quite a bit of that of what you just actually described in that like not obviously in that order not nowhere near right. that order and it, and it was just all by chance and i think that's what the general casual player who's coming in is like oh hey oh well i can't play living world season one Whatever, I'm just gonna go and do the you know the main story campaign and then go off to Heart of Thorns and and not like connect all of these amazing dots that are all right in front of us and as you guys have so well put it, but just not in order. Like God, you know, declutter your desk and put shit where it needs to be. Yeah, I think I mean like we even see Scarlet still in one of the fractals, and I think putting that one in order where it needs to be, and then doing the Tower of Nightmares. We have two different instances that are Tower of Nightmares right now. We have the one in the Eye of the North, which shows off the very end of the, the tower where we destroy it. And we have the Fractal, which granted is a rework of it, but, but that, you know. That's enough. That's close enough. Again, put them together. Yeah, yeah, like put them together and give us one more instance that explains the beginning of it. And voila, you've got the entire Tower of Nightmares episode basically in one in one sitting. Because all of the other stuff that's in open world is still there in Kessex Hills. Let us go do it. And then beyond Tower of Nightmares came the Marionette. Which is now in the game. In again. the game, yeah. yeah. Put it in order. Like it's there. Just come on, man. Bring it back. Put it in order, and I think people will be so much happier. People don't realize that it's all there, or you know, eighty percent of it is there. So, so before we go off and, and go further, because I do want to keep this around, uh, what we're actually coming up on into an hour, and what I want to 
at least give you guys both a chance um, to uh, to speak, either to say uh, something either about like some of uh, some of your own personal content or or uh, some final closing thoughts on either End of Dragons or Cantha. So, Astral, why don't you go ahead first, and uh, uh, if you have anything that you'd like to say or add on right now, this would be the perfect opportunity. Yeah, well, I think I've plugged myself enough <laughs> with. We talked about no, my YouTube, I mentioned you? my Twitch, and we've. I know oh, it's crazy, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I, I think just looking at End of Dragons, I really hope that you know they keep the horizontal progression very stable. I like that four out of five mastery lines are usable outside of Cantha. Um, you know, we've got the Siege Turtle, which you can use anywhere. We've got your Skiff, which you can use in any water. You can fish in any water. The Jade Bot seems to be usable anywhere in the world. Um, the only one that doesn't appear to be is Arborstone Revitalization, which seems to me like, a, you know, we're fixing up Eye of the North kind of thing uh, once again to create our own little city. Um, but I'm hoping that that in some way has its own uh, way to be used outside of Kanta as well. And then beyond that, I really hope that Season 6 and, and beyond that breaks off from the dragons and starts its own fresh ideas and, you know, really takes us into complete unknowns because once we have Cantha, we've seen everything that was in Guild Wars 1, uh, location-wise at least. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where we go. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, I was very happy to have you got, uh, you on here. I was glad to hear at least a different perspective of lore that I haven't heard of or I haven't seen. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, people who might listen to this podcast, I'm going to be promoting the hell out of it. Let me let me put it that way. Um, but I feel like it, it's important to talk about this now. Uh, Sage, I'll give you that same opportunity. Any closing thoughts? Um, I guess I can do a little self plugging myself. Uh, I've been doing my YouTube. I've been really I, I do stream, but I've been sort of putting that on the back burner and working a lot on YouTube. Been really enjoying the YouTube. Currently have a new series that I've been working on called Guild Wars Two Abridged. Uh, that's the Dragon Ball Z abridge-esque uh, retelling of the Guild Wars 2 story, but in a meme jokey, silly, uh, abridged version. We'll so say that's what entertaining. I've been on. Entertaining. Yeah, we'll go with, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that's what the script says. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Checks so in yeah, the mail, so... don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> <-ching>! Um <laughs> But yeah, so so that's basically what I've been doing. Um, and yeah, no, I am I'm very excited for End of Dragons, but I do think that what will matter more is what happens after End of Dragons. Um, I'm not the first one. That's not necessarily the most profound thing. I'm pretty sure other people have said it, of course. But I am curious really to see what happens next. Um, I am interested in End of Dragons and what happens in End of Dragons, but like we were just saying, like now we've retreaded everything, so it's curious to see, like, where does the game go from here? And honestly, uh, it could. It, I'm kind of excited if, if it's finally broken the shackles of the dragons, and we can finally deal with anything else. Uh, it, it, the future looks exciting. That's all I can say. I'm pretty excited for it. Very well put, and I and I agree. I I am excited for the future of Guild Wars Two. I I still believe to this day that this game has a load of potential. It is one of those diamonds in the rough that gets blown over because the hype isn't all there and people thought the game still died and what have you it it, it does not get the fair representation that i feel that the game deserves it, it, arena net is has never been consistent when it comes to their future plans because you got to think like even back with Guild Wars 1, they, they were first they were doing their campaign releases and they realized that they didn't want to do that. So then they made an expansion, which was different than their campaigns. And then, you know, then they made Guild Wars 2. And then first we we weren't gonna do campaigns at all. We did the living world and that didn't work as well. So then they went to campaigns and then they, you know, and then they're like, oh, we'll do seasons, and then like they keep flip-flopping. And I think what Arena Net really needs to do is pick a strategy and then just consistently do it. And I think if Arena Net can do that and hit that cadence of like uh, expansion, living world, expansion, living world, I feel like th the game can really, really shine. Uh, people, it's easier to get invested and to get like lost in a game series you love if there's just new content always just around the corner, you know? I can uh, agree with that. I can absolutely agree with that. Yeah, so I, I can only hope that after now with new management, because, you know, all the leaders and everyone over there has, you know, been completely tossed around and changed. Uh, hopefully they'll uh, that will happen. We can only hope. 
but I, I, I feel good. I feel, I feel things will get better. Uh, I'm not a doomer. I'm not like uh, everything, you know, I'm not like that. I tend to believe that things, things will get good. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I honestly do. I have high hopes for the future. Uh, I'm excited to see where this franchise goes. I'm excited. I believe that the, the, the future is bright. And I forecasted this a while ago is that I do believe that with the coming of end of dragons, I do believe that the expansion will, will, Propel, we'll say, Guild Wars 2 into a lot better light. I really am positive that this will happen. Um, so, I will leave it at that. This will be the end of today's podcast. So, Astral and Sage, I appreciate you guys coming on here, giving me your guys' time of day. I know that you guys are both very busy, um, as we've already uh, talked about at the beginning of the episode. So, thank you for that. No, I, hey, I, I, I... I'm kid-free, so I got plenty of time. <laughs> See, I'm not, but my kid's asleep, so we're good. Uh, I do have to ask, though, when is this coming out? Do you know what day? So this is actually going to come out tomorrow, um, the 9th. Okay, so the 9th. Okay, right. so that puts us at, what, 19 days? 19, 19 days. days, baby. Mm-hmm. 19 days 19. to... Uh... End of That's Dragons. Oh, so see, close, see everyone's all excited, and I'm like, shit, there's so much that I gotta do in 19 days. <laughs> I am so ready. I'm like, I'm, I'm, so here, like, I'm hit all my goals. I'm ready. Like, I- I'm done. I'm literally <laughs> just, I'm just piling gold. I'm literally <laughs> just piling gold. I got nothing else to do except make a fat wallet and get ready. Hey, yeah, you know I, what? My, my, my main goal was to make my Revenant entirely legendary, and I finished that like two months in advance, and I was like, well. I guess I'm done with that. I'll farm achievements again. And I, today I just finished every Heart of Thorns achievement. So I, I need to do raids. So I, I know I have the skill. I just haven't. Sage, hit me yeah. up, man. Just come on. I won't I be know. there this weekend because I'm out of town. But like next weekend. There you up. go. Come, there, I'll it, train it, you. Making connections happen. You see what happens. Let's go, Sage. I need to. I need to. Yeah, hey, if you can take a ranger. I can do Condi or I can do power. But I'm basically just a DPS boy. That's fine. I'll take a DPS. Never hurts. I well, take it does hurt. That's kind of their point, but you know. So, so, so before before we go off too far onto this recording, because I was like, man, I don't think I have to edit anything out, and then we're starting <laughs> to get close to there. So, so I will say that this episode will come out uh, tomorrow, which is the ninth. Um, uh, we're recording as of the eighth, but I am hopeful. Guys, remember to enjoy a video game. Enjoy the story. Get lost into it. There's so many other things that happen on our day to day lives that it's easy to get wrapped up in everything else and and honestly it's not good we need a good distraction so again i thank you gentlemen for being here make sure to tune into next week's episode uh, where we'll have something fun well do i know what that plan is no not yet but you know what we're flying off the seat of our pants so let's go ahead and do that thank you guys again and i'll see you next week